You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Cannon Fodder. It is Wednesday, June 7th, 2023, and I'm your good buddy, Joe O'Brien. And I'm Troy, writing an email while I do my intro, La Valley. That is you in every show. In every show. Not just the FOD, but when you're deep in character, GMing a game, you're just sending emails in the background. People don't realize how many you send a day. How many emails do you think you send in a given, on a given Wednesday? It's a sickening amount. It's a sickening <laughs> amount. All right. It's right now we're recording this on Tuesday. Um... Let's and it's noon. Let's see how many emails I've sent today. I, dude, I can't even count. 20, 22. And how many of them were kind? Three. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's like 19 unkind emails before no, noon. They were all kind. A lot of them were praising people's work. Excellent. Oh man, you showed me some work uh, that you just got that you right? praised. We have got a wild fod uh, on deck for you today. We have spent, we've been talking for an hour before we even hit record on this. And mostly what we're talking about is like trying to thread the needle of what we can and cannot talk about. There's so many <laughs> exciting things happening. Uh, studio updates, of course. I'm, we're going to talk about getting the trunk today. Uh, the exciting return of Glass Cannon Labs. There's a juicy We Are Stupid from episode 78 of Strange Aeon. Uh, including us all cheating again, Matthew gimping himself, and I am honestly very, very terrified about the future of Atticus on this in this AP. <laughs> I really don't think uh, he's long for this world. Uh, but yeah, we got a hell of a show uh, ahead of us, and I'm, I'm really excited to, to dig in and let people know what we can talk about. Um, we also have exciting news about a, a new trip that's coming up for us this summer mm. that uh, I'm going to save. I'm going to save for a few minutes here. So right before we are okay. stupid, we're going to talk about an exciting trip uh, that we're, some of us are going to be taking this summer. Let's kick it off with a, the, the weekly studio update. Things are going well. Things are moving along well. We've had a, a little bit of a slowdown in one area in particular, which is lighting. Um, we have lights and some of them don't work. And that's not to say they're broken <laughs> pieces of equipment. It's to say they don't work for what we need. It's yeah. extremely frustrating to get in there, to shoot things, and then look and say, like, it's just not 100% right. right. It's just, it's like 90% right. But can we change it? Yes, we can. And so maybe we should. Yes. I gave a note the other day that uh, either it's perfect or it's wrong. <laughs> That's how I feel with these little tiny things because they're things that I know we have the ability to change. It just it just slows things down. But we did our first test shoot in there, like a legit test shoot. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say too much about it, but we were basically pitching to a, a potential sponsor, and so we did a test shoot in there, uh, which kind of helped us kill fifteen birds with one stone. 
Fuck those birds. Uh, <laughs> we, give me my stone back. <laughs> give me my stone back. That's one magical stone. And, uh, it really let us see. All right. Let's, let's just do this. Let's have, uh, let's have most of us in there. Uh, Francis is, is producing back there, having him live switching the cameras while CJ is monitoring the audio and doing some other stuff in our roaming camera. I mean, we really, let's, let's see what it looks like. And then, uh, now go edit it and I'll give notes. And so we're, we're we watch the test. Sh- and, it fucking, I mean, I was like, I went before we started, I was like, man, we are still a ways out. And after that video, I was like, we are a lot closer than I thought in many different ways, yeah. uh, in many different ways. So that's it's, why it's I say 90%. Exciting. I think yeah. that that's even conservative. Like we're right on the doorstep, but it's just not a hundred percent. And so some things have to be tweaked and changed. And then those will require a couple more tests. Uh, but we're, we're really honing in now. Um, the, the cast has, dates you know they've got recording dates on their schedule for the episodes of gatewalkers so it's it's imminent it's happening Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of fine-tuning a couple of these last things and you know the free i was thinking about this i was like why can't this get off the ground sooner and you know the primary reason i believe is that most people in our situation, this would be the project that they are working on. And regardless of wh- how we prioritize this project, which is extremely high, mm-hmm. there still is the simple fact that we are also putting out multiple episode podcast episodes a week of various shows. And there's other shows that are being recorded that also haven't released yet. Yeah. So like there's just our, our workload is constantly rolling. And so we, we can't drop everything to fix these little problems. They, they take a few days longer for us than they normally would if we didn't have anything to release except this one new show. So, uh, that I was just trying to wrap my head around like, why is this taking longer than it should? And it's because, you know, there's not too many people out there that are able to just crank out three fully edited podcasts a week with different (laughs) casts and everything and have a couple more in the background that are taping and not released yet. So while that machine's all working, uh, yeah, it it does tend to slow down some of the um, logistics. Yeah. And it used to stress me out more like a couple months ago, it stressed me out because like I'm torn between wanting to get this out as soon as possible and like not wanting to rush it. You know what I mean? I want it to go out when it's ready. And, uh, you know, I think uh, a lot of people have probably lost patience with the, you know, the, the, the long gap between the end of giant slayer and now, uh, and I, I empathize with that and understand it, but I, I really feel like the, uh, the it'll be worth the wait because once we get out there that that train can't stop rolling we are known for not missing a week and that's something we really want to stick to unless it falls on like a a national holiday and so and even then back in the day we still released on holidays you know we want to be a little more realistic with our release schedule moving forward maybe 51 out of 52 weeks for example but like once that train starts comes out of the station it doesn't stop and so I don't, we both don't want to put ourselves in a position where we're scrambling because we've spent years scrambling like, ah, we've got to record six episodes in the next six days or we're going to miss five release schedules. Like I don't want ever, <laughs> I don't want to ever do that again. It's too stressful. It makes playing miserable and it affects all of our other work. So we're really trying to avoid that. And if that means that these, it comes out later than we planned, it comes out later than we planned. I'm, I'm at peace with it. I just, uh, I hope everybody else can find their peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is it's it's just like any other project that you work on whether it's work or not, you know, the, it gets to that moment 
where you like I was doing some uh, landscaping the other day, some hardscaping. Is that what they call it? Hardscaping. I was doing some. Hard, I was laying down some pavers uh, in my place, and I got to this point where I mean, and those assholes are heavy. Those things are huge and heavy. These big blocks of cement, and I'm digging and I'm flattening land, and I'm you know moving dirt around and leveling sand, and I'm doing all this stuff, and I realize that one of these enormous blocks is a half an inch smaller than every other block on this, in this <laughs> set. And I bought it in the same place from the same stack that said it was the exact same size, but it's just a little bit off. And I stood there sweating bullets, looking at this setup. It was just like, do I just deal with it? Something that like almost no one would notice or – do I load this bastard back up into my car, drive back to Home Depot, exchange it for another one that's a half an inch smaller around the rim, and then redo all the stuff that I had did here in order to uh, make it all look perfect? And I did. I, I returned it, and I redid it, and I added a couple hours of work. But now, like, it just looks so much better. So anyway, it's just a, a little analogy to, like, sometimes you're so close on something, and you're like, can I just – can I just move forward like as is, you know, and, and be fine? Sure, maybe. But sometimes you just like, if I can change it, if I can make it better, I should. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at right now. And uh, with Gatewalkers and we're just – and it's all just tech stuff. You know what I mean? Like the character stuff is so exciting. There's so much fun character stuff to come that I, I wish we could share with you. We talked about it pre-show. We can't talk about it yet. It's coming uh, but, though. I mean, yeah, there's there's so many, there's so many fucking cool things happening. And it's – I mean, people – I think people – Dude, I honestly think people are sick of us being like, we can't talk about this, we can't talk about this. So I almost feel like we shouldn't even say anything until we can talk about it because there's just so much exciting stuff that we, we're, we're just waiting to reveal. But I feel like once it starts to come out, it's going to be this like, uh, vomitorium of, of content and, and news, you know, because we're, we're dealing with a lot of different partnerships and, and potential sponsors and, and, and other deals. And there's just, there's a lot of stuff that I think it's going to be this avalanche of news and content. Uh, once we've, uh, you know, put a couple more signatures on some paper and, uh, you know, finished a few edits. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. Um, all right, let's talk. Uh, oh, speaking of one of those shows that's rolling in the background but has not released yet, Get in the Trunk. Just want to give everybody a quick update. If you are as big of a Get in the Trunk fan as I am and as I know Troy is, then get the excited fan. because we're closing in on a release date here. The show has been taping for season five. We are multiple episodes in now. We're having an amazing time and uh, it's coming. So just hang in there. Uh, keep, um, keep paying attention to the FOD because I don't know, within a, I feel like within a week or two, we could have a release date, right? Don't you think that that's reasonable? Oh uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> well, that's city too. Like those, we've got a bunch of those in the can. Um, you know, staggering these releases will be important, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting close. It's the same thing. Like I don't want just four eps in the can. I want eight eps in the can. Uh, and the confidence that like the next eight, are scheduled in a way that doesn't leave us scrambling. And I think we're pretty close on that. Honda City is a little more tricky um, because we have celebrities in the cast. Uh, <laughs> right. Who at any moment could We don't get, have nobodies like us. <laughs> at any moment could get called to Westeros for a pickup. <laughs> uh, so that makes it a little trickier. We want to make sure we don't you know, release four episodes and then have a month off. But uh, I think we're pretty close on that and then uh, same thing we get in the trunk we've hit our stride and uh yeah i mean dude that's exciting because it's fucking june and we've just had strange aeons right has anything else 
released? Have we done anything else? I mean, obviously we have our Patreon shows, Blood of the Wild and Legacy of the Ancients. Yeah, but, since uh, the top of the year, it's been Blood of the Wild, Legacy of the Ancients, and Strange Aeons. Those well, that's what's really so cool. Shows. And it's Labs. Like, and Labs. And Labs, yeah. Labs has been a nice uh, little non-controversial uh, amuse-bouche. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know what's nice is like once these next two shows release, it's on. It's like fucking you're you're going to get the juice now every week. You're going to get your, your haunted city into your get in the trunk, into your voyage of the jump, into your time for chaos. And then in the middle of all of this, the new flagship show. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, just enjoy your summer, uh, Nash. Enjoy your summer while you've got it to yourself, because pretty soon we're about to inundate you with so much content. Your, your time will no longer be your own. So uh, it's coming soon, though. Get excited. We speaking of shows uh, and strange aeons, we're coming up. I mean, in a few weeks, dude, we're going to be in L.A. Uh, we'll have L.A. and Seattle. Seattle literally, as of this recording, has one ticket left. <laughs> There's one ticket left. Yeah. Table sixty six. Come on, that's Come a good on. table. Table sixty six sounds like a good time. That sounds like a good table. I'm so psyched that that show is sold out. That show is going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that show is going to rock. And uh, yeah, going into downtown Seattle and everything. I mean, it's just going to be, it's going to be amazing. And then L.A. is uh, still plenty uh, available. So, I mean, if you're in or around the L.A. area, please pick up them ticks. Come check us out. We got another show coming this summer that we have not talked about, but we're going to talk about it in a minute. Get excited. We're going to add something to the to the schedule. Tomorrow, though, Labs is back. We just mentioned Glass Cannon Labs a second ago. Tomorrow, Glass Cannon Labs returns with Alien Part 3. My God, I'm so excited. I'm also very nervous. Uh, it's, it's a great group and it's, you know, it's a homebrew game. So there's a, definitely a little bit of like, ah, but yeah. I'm really excited because I think the story is awesome and they left it in part two in such a cool situation. So I would, uh, I would encourage you to stop by uh, twitch.tv slash the glass cannon tomorrow, Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, 11 a.m. Pacific to check out this this uh, continuation of this story. And honestly, you can just jump in in part three. It's totally fine uh, because it's going to be a whole new situation uh, and you don't need to have the the precursors to check it out. I promise you it's going to be great. And remind um, everybody who's in it. It is. Uh, so I am running it uh, along with McD. And then the uh, the players are Skid, Matthew, Alicia Marie, and Mary Lou. I mean, it is an it's an unbelievable party. Uh, Mary Lou is playing the character of Matthew's character's mother, and it's just amazing. Uh, Alicia Marie is playing the synthetic; she's incredible. And uh, Skid is playing an old school ex-colonial Marine who retired from the service, but is still an absolute badass. So I encourage you guys to, to come by and check it out. It's going to be freaking awesome. Um, before we talk about this other show, let's talk about uh, Gen Con. There has been a change, an update uh, that you have you've engineered boop, 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 here. Boop, boop, boop. Well, I had an engineer, frankly. Uh, Gen Con did. Uh, with the, the Call of Cthulhu uh, – Modern Call of Cthulhu show that's happening at the con on Friday is going to be at 1 p.m. instead of 11 a.m. Uh, I originally wanted 1 p.m., but then they came back and gave us 11 a.m. Uh, and that happens sometimes. You put in your, your request for a time and they're like, ah, we had to move you. And then they messaged was like, hey, we can give you your slot back. And it was like, well, people have already bought tickets. And they were like, well, we, we, we need to move you. I'm like, all right, so – why don't you just say that? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that show is going to be at one. And, uh, you know, there, 
last time I checked, it was like 30 something tickets left to modern Cthulhu. Cause there's only, that's only a two, only, <laughs> only a 250 seater. Let's see. You know what? Uh, modern Cthulhu live 24 tickets left to that show. What? Yep. And then blades in the dark live, which is Friday, excuse me, Saturday at 5 p.m. I had to look. There's 162 tickets left. There's a lot, but that's a 400 seater. So we've already got 238 people packed in there, which is pretty fucking sweet. That's awesome. Hopefully, yep. God, we can sell that up too. Then we that got blitz. the Helium show Thursday night. VIP is sold out, and there's only 40 something general admission tickets left. So we're going to sell that shit out. Let's go. And then obviously, Call of Cthulhu live Friday night, that brand new uh, once in a lifetime show. Um, that uh, there's a lot of tickets left because that's a huge theater, but we've still got over 200 sold for that. So it's 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 turning into a a pretty good week. But what is it? June 7th now, uh, July. We're two we're two months away, dude. In two months, I'll be on the plane home from Gen Con. That's and wild. I will, I will look like I've aged a thousand years. <laughs> a thousand years. A thousand years in Saint Elmo's cokes. <laughs> I man, I hope, man i hope we make it to st elmo's this year i hope we do Go i'm getting chance. less and less optimistic about us being able to do anything uh, <laughs> just literally us. anything at all that isn't a show <laughs> uh, well we're gonna have a little bit more time on our hands at a really exciting trip we've got coming up this summer uh in about a month and a half about six weeks we haven't talked about this yet because there's been a lot of moving parts a lot of ins and outs a lot of what have you's we also can't go into too much detail but you and i for the first time ever along with a couple other members of the glass cannon network are making a trip to san diego to Ah, san diego this july dude so freaking excited we wild. are it is it's going to be wild and we are a little bit uh on um you know we're kind of in nda territory right now to discuss what we're doing there but hopefully within a week that's like uh all all out and about and we can discuss it here on the fod but we just want to let you guys know in advance the glass cannon crew at least some of the crew is uh headed out to comic-con for some fun stuff this year so if you're on the fence, if you're thinking about going to Comic-Con, get yourself to San Diego. And if you're already going to Comic-Con, plan on hanging out with your good buddies because we're going to be in town, dude. This is so exciting. We were at Gen Con. I'm not going to say too much, but we were at Gen Con last Don't, year. You better be careful. And there was a party uh, at the Slippery Noodle, right? Yes. Yeah. And we walked in. And the way the Slippery Noodle is set up is like you walk into the bar area and then you've got to go through the bar to get to the back rooms where the party's at. Well, we walk into the bar and Lillard, Matt Lillard's standing right there. We're like, ah, start talking to Matt Lillard. And then we just ended up staying in the bar. Uh, Luke Gygax comes over. We're t- hanging out with Luke Gygax. And, and it, it ends up being that we, we go to the party after the party's over. Cause all we heard is like, don't go back there. It's, it's a disaster. And, uh, there's too many people. And we're like, we're fine here holding court at the bar. And during that time, uh, you and Skid uh, started a conversation with somebody. A guy was talking to me, and there was just a lot of like introductions. This is it. And then I see you guys are talking for like a while. Well, flash forward months later, you're emailing me like, hey, uh, this conversation has kind of continued. Should we do something? Should we do something? And I was like, yeah, let's do fucking Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> typical uh, typical Troy uh, it's not like well let's just do a little glass candle it's like yeah let's do Comic Con 
and it fucking came to fruition. This is insane that we're it's, going it's to totally San Diego insane. Comic-Con. And you're right. It all comes back to the slippery noodle and a chance meeting in that bar of someone none of us had ever met before and just chit-chatting there for a while and uh, boom, networking. There you go. It happens. It works. And uh, so, yeah, exciting news coming about Comic-Con. Hopefully next week. If not, in two weeks, we'll be telling you exactly what's going on there. So uh, very much so looking forward to that. Question for you. Are you more excited about checking out Comic-Con for the first time or going to San Diego? I'll give you my answer. I just uh, want to go to San Diego. <laughs> you just want to go to San Diego. I'm very excited to uh, go to Comic-Con for the first time. I think that I'm going to be overwhelmed by it. I, I know that it is not exactly my bag, so to speak. I'm not uh, well-versed in the world of comics, but... Um, you never got into comics like as a kid? You don't have a box sitting around with the... No, I got into comics when I was a kid, but I don't have a box sitting around. Like I just, I, I still got have rid of everything it. at some point. I don't know why though. I don't know why I got rid of everything. Cause I remember being a kid buying X-Men comics being like, these are awesome. I'm going to save these forever. And like, I just, they're just gone. I don't know wow, what happened to them. So sad. It is. It's very sad. Um, and now they're, yeah, they're just gone. But I, uh, man, and I gotta say, speaking of comics, I went by myself to the theater down the street Sunday night. To see across the universe, Spider-Man across the universe. And it was so good, so incredibly good that yeah. it, it just it got me thinking about so many different things. It's like it's it started to make me think like this is the only way to make comic book movies. Like <laughs> you can't even make them anymore with real actors because it does not compare to how well it translates to this style of artwork. It's just yeah. absolutely incredible. And uh yeah, I just it blew me away. I loved it. So anyway, very excited to go there. I'm not like, whatever, I'm a huge nerd. So I'm going to love soaking up all the nerd pop culture stuff. And it's just I think it's going to be great. I think it's gonna be great. So um, yeah, more to come on that soon. The most impressive part of that story is that your wife was cool with you just going to the movies. Yeah, I was like, can I please go to the movies? <laughs> and crazy thing was, it was at bedtime, like at bedtime, because I was like trying to go to like to a later one, but they didn't have them later because right. it's Sunday night. And I was like, could I sneak out maybe and like go to this movie? And she was like, yeah, totally. So I was like, yes. <laughs> it was, uh, my wife is awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was freaking fantastic. Um, all right, let's get into We Are Stupid here. We're already, man, this, this episode is cooking past. Well, we got a lot going on. We do have a lot going on. And I do want to talk uh, We Are Stupid because there's a lot to talk about this week. And it's all over the place. Sometimes there's kind of like a theme or like yeah. a major thing I want to focus on. This week, it's not really like that. It's like there's a lot of hits coming in every direction about uh, what we were doing right, what we were doing wrong. And some of it to our advantage, some of it not to our advantage. So let's let's just dig in with what I think is the biggest one right up front. Want your take on this. Guidance. Professor Eric makes it Gidos. very clear. Guidance should be declared before the role it's being applied to, not after the fact, which is exactly – now, I, I agree with that 100%. However, man, is it thrilling in show to like fail by one or crit fail by one and then be like, wait, you had guidance. God, I'd change it and fix it. On stage, everyone's cheering. The audience is having a great time. We're having a great time. The game is fun. Who cares if the rule's wrong? Right, Troy? Yeah, no, I care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it says right here in the fucking spell, the target chooses which role to use the bonus on before rolling. But the problem is, people aren't trying to game the system. They're just forgetful. They totally. forgot that they so, had guidance. I would like to propose an alternative. 
Here's the alternative. I'm listening. You either declare it before the roll you want to use it on, or it is automatically spent the first time you roll a die. So, like, if you didn't use it because you, like, succeeded and you didn't think about it, and then, you know, one turn later you you, you use it, or one action later you use it, it's like, no, 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 no. It's not available to you. You didn't mention it on the first one, so you don't get it. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the only fail-safe against people just forgetting they have so it. So, someone casts Guidance, and on their first roll, they don't say anything. Yeah, because and then they, they just... roll like a twenty against AC twenty one. Then they they are allowed to be like, oh, I, I use guidance. On yeah, the fir- if it's the first roll, but on the second roll, if they forget without declaring, you don't get it. Right. Or if they so if on the first roll they roll a crit, they roll a natural twenty, and everybody's like celebrating. It's like and on the second roll they roll a twenty. And they needed to get to 21. They're like, I have guidance. Like, no, you don't. Because you didn't say anything. You would need to say, I'm not using guidance on this attack in order to keep that guidance point. Here's my solution. Uh, Just target chooses which roll to use before rolling. And when you get really mad a few times, you'll start remembering. That's true. Uh, That's true. So, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably the best, like, to... I hope to you discipline that yourself team. to get it right. You're going to have to announce it before you roll. And if you forget, you forget. Oh my God. You know how angry that's going to make your players. Do you I even know. know how angry? I know. I know, but that's your job. You know how much shit I have to remember? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't remember half of it. That's your job. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. But like also, there's nothing fucking worse than like, ah, you missed and be like, oh, the plus one. Ah, oh, fuck it. All right. You get it. Like, I hate that. I guess the audience likes it. <laughs> the audience loves it. But the I mean, players my God, it. it's not more, it couldn't be more black and white. But I really, I, I do, going back to what I originally said, I don't think anyone's trying to game the system. They're just, no. forget, just forgetful. But like, if you're going to cast guidance, if you have guidance cast on you, maybe we should do that thing. We've talked about doing this in Gatewalkers. Like, here, I'm going to hand you a piece go- of paper. No, that says we guidance. have cards. There's a the condition card. We're going uh, to get cards for Gatewalkers and just toss them across the table. You have guidance. Remember this. So that's a big one because that affected Ethel's and Atticus's save. Ethel failed, but then it made his a save. I critically failed and it made mine a regular fail. Yeah. Huge. That's bad. That's ugly. So, Huge, uh, Jerry. We, yeah, we got we to gotta get, uh, get better about guidance. This one is from Professor Eric directly to you, Nash. Directly to you. We're going to bypass Troy and I on this one. Whew. Quote directly from Professor Eric. I looked up the Moonhag's stats since I was confused as to why it was able to cast two spells in one turn, and one was a special ability, so that works. But I suspect many listeners would have had the same question. (laughs) So there you go. If you were questioning how come this uh, character could cast two spells in a turn, uh, it's because one was a special ability and not a spell. I I think that's the mind thing where you, like, made people frightened one or something or can what was it for a round i can't remember uh i can't remember i can bring up the, the stat john uh I don't while know. while you do oh, that moonlight's kiss no that's not it uh she's quick what's moonlight's kiss moonlight's kiss a moon hag in an area illuminated by moonlight gets a plus two status bonus to ac and initiative rolls in the light of a full moon she is quickened and can use the extra action only to stride or strike and you guys are giving me the business like well there's no moon showing but like what i couldn't tell you is there's like no it moonlight says, on the moon like the paragraph before the encounter says uh and the moon the the moon hags can use their moonlight's kiss ability because they're on the fucking moon. It said that right in the book. Because <laughs> they're uh, on the fucking moon. Just <laughs> shut up. 
<laughs> Sometimes you're like, shut up. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're a little bit different from the ones that are uh, as written on like Archives of Nethys or in the bestiary, the ones that uh, were in that this were one. In the model, it's yeah. slightly different, but I can't remember. Dreadful Prediction, I think it was. Yes, because it kept saying to us like, it's Sedaticus. Oh, I can't remember what it said, but it was really good. Wait, that's the one that made him stupefied. Yes, yes. Oh, man. The moon hag howls a series of dreadful apocalyptic predictions at a single creature within 30 feet, shattering its perceptions of reality. The target must succeeded a DC uh, 29 will save or become stupefied two, stupefied three on a crit fail. Regardless of the outcome, the creature is temporarily immune. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Well, that that's amazing. And we're going to come back to that in a second because oh, that yeah. is, that's haunting my dreams. Well, Let's, did you know the other thing about that? Well, I... I are you going to talk about it? I'm going to talk about it. Okay. I'll save it. You Very save important. it. And if I say it wrong, you can correct it. But I think I know what you're going to say. And uh, Get a break I'm you do. And I'm mad. Let's balance it out with players doing something wrong that could have helped them out. And uh, Ethel's Flensing Slice. I got to send this to Matthew ASAP. He said that the bleed stops for some reason. Bleed doesn't stop, man. <laughs> Only the flat-footed and reduced resistances go away automatically after one turn. Quote, when you hit with both attacks with double slice, you flens the target, making it bleed and creating a weak spot. The target takes 1d8 persistent bleed damage per weapon damage die of whichever the weapon is you used uh, that has the most damage dice. And then here we go. The target becomes flat-footed and its resistances to any physical damage types are reduced by five. These two effects last until the beginning of your next turn. So Matthew was like, remember we were kind of saying like, well, why are you even rolling the um, the uh, persistent uh, recovery check or whatever, the flat check on the persistent bleed if it just goes away after a round? Anyway, mm -hmm. it's because it does not go after way, go away after a round, only flat-footed. And the reduction to physical damage types by five goes away after at the start of Ethel's next turn. The bleed, ah. if you don't stop it yourself, continues on. Bleed. Atticus needed to make flat checks while stupefied. Yeah, I know, Professor Eric. <laughs> I know. Get off my ass. <laughs> uh, I yes. don't know why I screwed that up. I don't know why I screwed that up. But um, I did eventually roll for it, I believe, on air. And I had to use my hero point to correct one, but otherwise they all came through. And so I, I felt I felt better about that. Another one from Ethel. Ethel's third attack shove was a 14. Do you know about this? Mm -hmm. Ethel's third attack shove was a 14, probably a critical fail. Should have looked into this critical failure on a shove. You lose your balance, fall and land prone. I did know that, but I didn't. Do we know that he critically failed? Well, we don't know for sure, but it, it was a 14. There, there's no way their AC is 24. Right, right. Or their athletics DC or whatever, their reflex <sighs> DC. Like, there's just no way it's 24. Yeah. It's supposed to fall, right? Uh, yes, but yeah. since his weapon has the shove trait per Professor Eric, he could drop the weapon instead of instead, falling prone. Yeah. He has that option. Sweet. Sweet. That's um, sweet. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, so let's talk... Let's talk Turk on the big the big issue with Atticus here, which is the stupefied condition. I presumed this was like for one round. Nope. I thought it was for one minute. Nope. Maybe an hour. No such luck, O'Brien. Nope. 
There is no indication in the book, generally speaking, with the stupefied condition of how it ends. You have that for frightened. You have that for stunned. It says right in the condition. After each round, it goes down by one. After each action you miss with stunned, unless it says otherwise in the ability, your stunned condition reduces by one. Not stupefied. You just freaking stay stupefied. Now, I believe Atticus dealt with this earlier on in the Dreamlands. I think he had this. Uh, he was carrying it into the real world, but he didn't have it in the dream world, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And then the the people in the forest helped him get rid of that. Well, it looks like we're going to have to get restoration in order to heal his stupefied condition, meaning he is going to have to roll a DC seven flat check for every spell he casts or risk losing the spell. This is a disaster for a wizard of my build who only casts spells. Correct me if I'm wrong. Restoration isn't even enough. Would you just let me finish? <laughs> well, you, you're, you're really I, I'm dragging up. up. I'm building up here. <laughs> it's a show, man. You got to give him a good show. <laughs> but you made it sound like it looks like we got to get restoration. So I did like, some I digging. Think you can't. I did some, you certainly can if you have the stupefied condition. I did some digging. <laughs> Turns out, I don't even need a cleric. I'm in here yelling, screaming about how I need a cleric in this party, or we need to go find one, or else I'm nev- not going to get rid of this condition. Well, I start doing some research, and there's restoration. Restoration is not only a, uh, a divine spell, it is also primal, I believe, and occult. Like, occult. That's interesting. Kate is a witch. Let me, let me call Kate up. <laughs> no, I don't call Kate. Let me email Kate and see if she is uh, using the occult spell list for her spells. And if that was the case, buy a scroll of restoration. Egg <laughs> eats it. Sheboygan. Stupefied condition. <laughs> gone. Atticus is okay. I asked Kate this. She says, yes, we have this plan. We're like, good to go. And then I get this note from Professor Eric. The stupefied condition from dreadful prediction is a curse. It's a curse. So restoration, which would normally be enough, is no longer. This curse is going to be harder to remove. He didn't give me any indication of how to remove it. Is there a remove curse at Tui? I don't know. I haven't done the research yet. But this is only in the minutes prior to FOD, I realized there is. that I will have to kill Atticus if I want to continue having fun in this adventure. Um, your touch grants a reprieve to a cursed creature. You attempt to counteract one curse afflicting the target. doesn't even remove it. You attempt to counteract. If the curse comes from a cursed item or another external source, a success indicates that the target creature can rid itself of the cursed item, but it doesn't remove the curse from the item. So in this case, uh, it's a counteract um, check against the uh, DC of the uh, ability of uh, the, the moon hag, basically, right? Yeah. So it would yeah. be against um, what my reading of that would be. It would be the uh, the, uh, the spellcasting the D- DC. The DC. Yeah. It's the, well, that's one thing. But then the counteract check itself is going to be against the moon hag's level, half its level, rounded up. That's what it is. Um, versus the spell level of remove curse. So if we get remove curse to uh, Eris, get her to prepare it as a level five spell, that'll give us our best chance. And hopefully level five is the is more or equal to half the Moonhag's level plus one. If you're or, counteracting, I mean, 
If you're counteracting an affliction, the DC is in the affliction stat block. Well, that's the is- DC for the for the roll, right? Uh, which is different than the counteract level. But um, I was just yeah. talking about counteract level, right? Right. Yeah. But yeah, the DC. I mean, it's going to be brutal. This is going to be brutal. And this is an affliction. We would call this an affliction. Yeah. Well, that's where I'd have to really look it up. No, I think it would have. I think things. It's probably. I'm an sure affliction, it's DC twenty nine. Uh, I'm sure it's DC twenty nine. Like whatever the, I'm sure it's the same DC as the save itself. It's very possible, yeah. But then if you fail, you may still succeed. Mm-hmm. Like it, as long as half the Moon Hags level rounded up is five or lower, I feel like we would still succeed. Are you going to tell us that live on the FOD? We'll see. <laughs> I guess that's a no because we're at the end of the show. <laughs> There's no more. Time. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Oh, man. Hey, fun FOD, buddy. Fun yeah, we have a lot going on. A lot going on. A lot of fun stuff. Uh, very excited to, to discuss this summer with everybody and let them know that we're coming out to San Diego. So very much so looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to more more 2E stuff. Yes. Two months from today, Comic-Con will have been over and we will be flying home from Gen Con. That yeah. is fucking crazy to me. <laughs> With our company in tatters. Or (laughs) on a new high. We have no idea. We'll never know. Or both. Well, we'll know in two months. But uh, it's going to be a wild ride at Gen Con. All right. That's going to do it, everybody. Take it easy. Have a fantastic week. And uh, enjoy your wonderful summer. And we'll see you next uh, next week. Bye. Happy 4th of July. There's so many weeks till 4th of July. Is there? Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.